You're listening to a fourth-hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't know. Planes that they're building. And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. John. I'm Josh. Allegedly. Don't be so happy about that over there. <laughs> I, you know, for being in bed until 4 p.m., I'm surprisingly really fucking tired. That's why you're tired is because you just laid around all day. Yeah. Yeah. Lethargic. Don't tell people that in public, sir. That might God, not be a good fuck. thing. <laughs> That's funny. So anyway, well, welcome to Strange Orals, everybody. Um, yet again, I lost track of the COVID day what it was, wherever we're at in this fucking thing, but... You know, I think this is like the end of week six, something like that. Yeah, and we're what two weeks ahead of recording, so you know, you take that formula into the to the mix. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're yeah. somewhere down the road, but Utah yeah. has done a soft opening. I guess we're at threat level orange. So restaurants, yeah. bars, and stuff are opening up. My bar is not opening up for at least another two weeks, though. We're kind of waiting to see what happens with the rest of the bars and breweries and restaurants and kind of see how that all pans out before we go. Cause the restrictions are almost. It's insane. It, I, mean, really. almost we, comical. I mean, we can't really run the bar how we do. Like we can't really do, I don't know. Our bar isn't set up for how many restrictions there are. So Honestly, which I, mean, I don't think very many bars are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's just not in our business model, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I think I caught on the news on uh, it would have been Thursday night, like Cheers to this one that's downtown close to. They opened up at like at midnight for an hour. And, yeah, Bob, you know, Bob at Cheers to you opened up for one hour, twelve to one. So yeah, yeah, you know, whatever gives some people a resemblance of time. Well, again, by the time you guys listen to this podcast, uh, we may be kind of out of the weeds on this a little bit more. John, you may be back employed. I, you know, God knows, you know, God knows where we're at, but anyway, yeah. Who's to say? Yeah. But hopefully we've been keeping you guys entertained, um, with our little childish stories that we have on our side. So, um, just a recap on kind of what we going on in case some of you might've flown underneath the radar with it. Uh, we are doing other than last, Oh, it would be two weeks ago, I guess, but we are doing a weekly, uh, episode review of Skinwalker, which we invite, um, our buds from cold research on, uh, Larry and Alex to kind of cover that. We cover each episode. We have a surprise for you. That's going to come up, I believe. Um, and in case it falls through, I'm not going to say it. So if there's no surprise and it fell through, <laughs> but <laughs> if it, if it works out, then we're good. Um, and we actually got a guest host on, um, that will be out actually. So we'll be looking decent. And then of course our weekly, uh, shows on this, um, and then John's working on some stuff on his side that should lighten the load a little bit on um, the part two of what we're doing today. 
uh, as well as myself and Josh, and we got some things kind of in the fire, and we got a couple other guest hosts that might come on. And yeah, we're looking good. We're trying to, you know, just get through this best we can. But you know, this is our, this is our love, so we try to keep this rolling. But um, this actually, oh, go ahead. No, go for it. No, so this actually is a part two of an episode we did uh, that we did last week that you guys will hear or you have heard. And we're going to roll into an intro and then we're going to come back in and we're just going to do some recaps unless you guys got anything else to cover on your side kind of off the off the handle. No, just this is part two. So if you have not listened to part one, go do that right now. <laughs> yeah, put everything on pause and go forth. So anyway, here we go. numbers are unknown, but in the 1980s, Japanese officials recorded at least 30 suicides in the forest annually. I fully believe this is the most haunted forest in the world. I, I, sorry, I'd take that back. Most haunted place in the world, hands down. Aokigahara Forest lies west of Tokyo. It is so thick and dense, it has become known as the Sea of Trees. It also has another more sinister name, the Suicide Forest. Yeah, so if you guys remember um, covering part one of the Suicide Forest, um, first of all, I, I guess we'll say, you know, it, it's not really a, a topic that we, you know, we cover on a, you know, all the time. Um, one of the reasons we picked it was because there is a paranormal side to it. Um, and part one really didn't cover a lot of that paranormal. It really covered more of just the reality of, of what it is. And, you know, Josh, I know you shared some things that were pretty close to your cuff. And, and John, but I don't know, you know, you do we got any wrap-ups or like banter of that kind of that first half and, and the stigma of, of why and how? Um, I think it would be responsible for us to just mention again that like if you're feeling some kind of way, talk to somebody. Like your friends care about you, your family cares about you, give us a call. We're not mental health professionals or anything, but like <laughs> if you reach out to us, we're not going to ignore you. So, uh, but if you're if you're not in a good place right now, because a lot of people have been stuck at home, maybe even out of work. And that does, does things to people. So um, there's the suicide hotline. John, do you still have that in front of you? Yes, I do. Sorry, you put me on the spot. I'll come back to that because it's in one of my windows. Yeah. um, But just, you know, there, there are other ways to deal with things. So if you're, if you're not feeling great, let someone know. Yeah. Yeah. And that hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. So if you do need to reach out to somebody and, you know, that's a good resource to have. Yeah, definitely. And you know what, if it's something, again, we're not medical experts by any way, shape or form. I'm not a real gynecologist, but I play one on my tool shed type thing. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> But with that being said, you know, we just, you know, if you have a story to share that's that's near and dear, I, you know, and you you feel like, you know, but share, I mean, if it's if it's an if it's a, an outlet or a conduit for you, by by all means, you know, feel free. We're not going to close the door. So, you know, that was kind of the first half. I will say the second half is the fun part. You know, it gets funner than the first half, and this is where we get into the weird stuff of this forest because it. It, it honestly just, and there's other people that 
agree with us when we did the research that it possibly is the most haunted place on the planet. And uh, the things that happen in there and the tales and the mythos just just blow my mind, you know. So um, with that being said, you guys got anything else for a recap on or kind of where we're at, where we were type thing? No, no. I, I think it's covered the history and now we're getting ready to roll into the <clears throat> paranormal side of things. Yeah. Yeah, no, some of the myths and everything. So let's uh, yeah. jump right in. All righty. Well, with that being said, um, yeah, let's jump into it. So let's get the real life stuff, and we're going to go to the strange stuff, which is what we discussed. Uh, we laid out the factors of the forest is used for what it's used for, which, you know, again, we covered it. It's, you know, it's sad, but uh, it, it's just, it's a fact, and it is what it is. But mm-hmm. with everything else, just like in life, there's always an underbelly to why things are, and the story of the suicide forest is no different. Uh, to better understand the complexity of the Ioki Gehera, let's look at the spiritual side of Mount Fuji. So I thought this was interesting, and you know, and again, I, I spent some time there, just like I rambled on the last time. It, it's awe-inspiring. I mean, like when you see that mountain of how it's designed and how it looks, even in like pictures or video, or it's just. It's fucking amazing. I'll be honest it with you. It is a big-ass mountain. Yeah. It is beautiful for sure. Yeah. And it's just right outside of one of the biggest – I swear Tokyo is one of the biggest cities in the world. Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. gigantic. But it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's like two hours out of Tokyo, which is so weird because you know once you get out of the cities in Japan, they really, really did a good job to try to keep – um, the forest and the wilderness as pristine as they can. You know, if you get out of the, the urban sprawl, um, it's really v- pretty quick when you actually get into that forest side of it. Um, and of, of course, Mount Fuji sits right in the middle of that. So, you know, just interesting. But um, some tales here. So Mount Fuji is one of Japan's three holy mountains, uh, along with Mount Tate and Mount Tate. I almost said Mount Tate. That would have been funny. <laughs> Mount Tate and uh, Mount Haku. It is the tallest of the three, measuring 12,389 feet. In short, it's the largest and the most iconic landmark of all the Japanese islands. More than 200,000 people climb to the summit every year, and many begin their climbs at night in order to experience the sunrise from the summit. In fact, this is kind of cool. Uh, the sunrise from the summit has a special name in Japanese culture called uh, Gureko which translates to the coming of the light. I bet that is a sight to see. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's other myths that surround Mount Fuji and trickle down to Aoki Gahara. Uh, its name itself, Fuji, is believed to be derived from Hachi or Fuji. And again, I'm going to preface this by saying, you know, sorry if we slaughter some of these words if you do speak Japanese. Um, I do not, and I apologize for butchering the language, but I'm doing my best here, people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hachi or Fuchi, which are the words for the Aino people's goddess of fire, because legend says the fire goddess would be jealous of any woman. It's also believed that Mount Fuji is the mythological home to gods Ninigi and his wife goddess Konohana Sekuya Hayami. As awe-inspiring as Mount Fuji is, let's get back to the forest below. Historically, Aoki Gahara was known as a place where monks would go to starve themselves to death, which sounds like a horrible way to go. Ugh. It's like a way of reaching enlightenment, though. Like, it's, it's really weird. There are, like, some Buddhist practices that where monks basically self-mummify. It's mm. super weird. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. from a Western standpoint, like you just look at it and you're like, what? But I've heard yeah, stories but, like that. Korea's like that too. I actually uh, toured a shrine up, up kind of was up in the woods and it had the mummies you were talking about, Josh, like they had them preserved like behind glass and they were, they, I mean, they don't use the word saint, but they're considered, I guess, in lieu of saints just because of what they went through. Basically, Yeah. It, it's fucking if the crazy. Mum, if the mummification, they call them living mummies because they, just basically starve and desiccate while they're still kind of alive and like just eventually die that way. Mm. And it's cons mm. they, if I remember right, they're basically considered to have reached enlightenment and basically sainthood. If the, if the mummification process works correctly, if it doesn't, then they think that they reincarnate and have to start over somewhere, but it's, mm. it's, interesting we said yeah. this was going to be fun that's not very fun but that's a cool fact though <laughs> that's fascinating though um that's crazy it's got to, it's got to take some great mind control mind power to kind oh. of get through that so that's that's impressive also weird <laughs> but aside from that fact the forest is considered by most japanese religions to be a very spiritual place but that's not necessarily a good thing Buddhist monks have set up altars in the forest to try and combat what they say are the evil spirits haunting the forest and drawing people there to die by suicide. Uh, one Buddhist monk named Kayomio Fuki was visiting the forest to set up an altar when he told a newspaper, the spirits are calling people here to kill themselves. The spirits of the people who have committed suicide before. So man, that's, that's, that's super creepy. Just spirits beckoning other lost souls to come, yeah, join them in their misery almost. But on the flip side, the forest also plays a role in Japanese mythology and is considered to be one of the most haunted places in all of Japan, with believers reporting a very high number of yuri, which I believe is the Japanese word for ghost, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah, 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 spirit or ghost, yeah, yeah. And they don't use, uh, you know, they don't really use, I never heard the word ghost over there. I always heard the word spirit. So, and and I don't know, did I tell you guys a subway story yet? Did I say this on the podcast? Because I, I had, about the yeah, I had some direct experiences with, so I, I dated this gal, well, I saw this gal and uh, like, you know, every couple of weeks or so when the ship was ported in Yakuska, which is where I was stationed at. There would be a um, there'd be a train that went up, and it was about an hour and a half outside of Yakuska, and I'd go up, and she lived with her grandfather, um, and every now and again I go with out with him, and I think I told this on the first one where you know he would do the the Buddha statues and paint them, but the train was always it was always the same track. So in Japan, all the tracks are like color coded for where they go east, west, north, south, and and whatever district. So I'd always take the same one because I knew the symbolism was easy, and every fucking time there was a tunnel. And right when it got in the middle of the tunnel, everything kind of blacked down. You could tell just like anything else. And then all of a sudden, the mercy brakes would come on. Train would stop. We'd sit there for a minute, two minutes at the most. Train would start back up again and go on the other side of the tunnel. Like, it did this every single time. And after about the third time, uh, I told her, I asked her. I, I was like, well, you know, I take this track, and I, I don't know if there's something wrong with the track or I should take another train. And she said, oh, well, is that tunnel such and such, you know, outside of... I go, well, yeah, I think so. That's the one. She goes, oh, yeah, there's a graveyard above there. She goes, there's a, she, and she said Yuri, but she used the word spirit, that would, a woman in white that would basically fall out of the ground and land on the tracks. And the operators of the train knew that it was a spirit. I mean, they knew that it was no big deal, but out of respect, they'd stop every time it happened 
stop the train, let her go away, and then they start the train back over and we continue the little the little journey. And she's telling me the story and I'm like, oh, that's okay. Well, I don't believe you, but yeah, whatever. Till I rode towards the front of the train one time and I wasn't paying attention, but I swear to God, I when it happened, I, I just thought to myself, it's like I got to turn over and I turned over to, and you could see partially out the front and and I and it might be in my mind just playing because I already had the myth in my head. Maybe that was a thing, but I could have swore I saw just a white spot come down and the train stop, and then it went sideways, and we sat there for a while, and then the train kept going. But um, I don't know. I don't know if I ever told that on podcast, but it was just very. I was one of the first things about Japanese spirits that, uh, and there's a lot in Japan, not just in the suicide force, but spirits in general. They're very. It's weird because the Japanese culture really take a lot of uh, a pride, I guess, respect for them. You know, kind of like what we covered in the very in the beginning, where you stay with the body because if you don't stay with the body, it's said to scream and all that others. Same thing. It's just they have this level of respect that's just crazy. So, mm-hmm. all right. So um, anyway, it was a neat story. But let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what John you covered at, which was the Yuri. So let's start here. This is where we start getting weird into all these. Uh, all these weird creatures and these legends. It's just crazy. Uh, the yari is a Japanese term for ghosts or spirits. Other names include obake, shiro, and borei. Uh, there are many different types of yuri. Uh, in most cases, how they appear depends on the circumstances on their death. They retain the features and the clothing they wore when they died or were buried, which is similar to our ghosts, I guess, uh, which means they're dressed in white burial kimonos or the uniforms of fallen warriors. Don't bury me in a kimono, guys. I'm just saying. I mean, you can if you want, but yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. I'd be buried in a kimono. (laughs) Uh, Occasionally, they have bloody wounds indicative of the way they died. Their hair is usually long and messed up, often covering their face and adding to their disturbing appearance, which, holy shit, you know, I was researching this, and I still to this day hate this movie. I watch it, but it scares the piss out of me. The Grudge? Just, oh, oh, I hate The Grudge. Um, but that's traditional. That is a traditional look of a Yuri of a Japanese spirit, which they did. I thought they did a pretty good job on even the Japanese original version before it got Americanized. It's just crazy how they made it look. So, um, their hands hang limply from their wrists. Yuri are translucent and only faintly visible. In most cases, they are so faint that they appear to have no feet. They are capable of invoking powerful curses. They do not roam about, but haunt one particular place or person, which attachments, uh, in the case of a place, it is often where they died or are buried. In the case of a person, it is often their killer or sometimes their loved ones. They remain stuck in this world until they can be put to rest. This might require bringing their killers to justice or finding their lost body or something as simple as passing on a message to a, message to a loved one. Some Yuri are reluctant to accept their own deaths and haunt their living family, bringing misfortune and unhappiness for the rest of their family's members' lives. So there's that. Talk about a chip on your fucking shoulder. Jesus Christ. Uh, A lot of traditional Japanese people hold these beliefs close to the heart. Just like the monk we mentioned above, it is believed that the Yuri draw and haunt Aoki Gehera so they can gain more power and to trap more poor unfortunate souls that will remain stuck in the suicide forest. 
A lot of the people believe this is the reason that the forest feels like it does, that overwhelming fear and despair that instinctively sets in the minute you enter into that forest. Japanese spiritualists believe that the suicides committed in the forest have permeated Oikegahara's trees, generating paranormal activity and preventing many who enter from escaping the forest deaths. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, in general, talk about atmosphere and energy. You know, mm -hmm. and we talk about that, but that's uh, that's crazy. Um, we are up on a quick break, so we're going to take a break and we'll come right back. And there's actually a clip that we're going to play. Uh, kind of gives you some real life, you know, somebody that he kind of does it for a living. He's a paranormal investigator. But uh, I don't know. I thought it was really unique just because it, you can literally tell that he's just scared as shit. So we're going to go for a promo. We'll come back with that. Stand by. Welcome, Beyonders. Beyond Terrestrial, or BT for short, is a podcast dedicated to the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. Hosted by Dan Martson and Lee Ariat. Two guys who discovered late-night radio shows like Coast to Coast while working the night shift and stumbled into a world of fantastic tales and local legends. We share these stories with our dedicated fans we lovingly call Beyonders every other Tuesday. Join me and Lee as we take a mysterious journey into obscure local tales and spin up some hot takes on the supernatural stories we all know and love. Two words. Interdimensional Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I just popped back on the truck and did a little bit of a semicircle. Old stuff there. Some fresh tape, though, so you never know with this forest, man. It's the only place I've been in the world where one, at night, it terrifies me. And two, anything can happen. I fully believe in this forest, anything can happen. Day or night. Day's a lot better because you can see. I fully believe this is the most haunted forest in the world. I, I, sorry, I'd take that back. Most haunted place in the world, hands down. I, 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 don't, um, I, I don't think the world's seen anything like this. Yeah. I, I reckon I reckon the devil lives here you know if you believe in devils and demons and all that kind of stuff but I, I believe something really bad lives in here and I've been told that too so by people who said oh don't do the ghost hunt again because it's like this is serious in here man you know that's I don't really follow many young explorers but what the fuck, dude? It's getting real dark. I gotta get out of here. I gotta make sure I remember this place. Call the police tomorrow and get this person home. Been here a long time, though. It's starting to get dark now, so I'm gonna. I'll probably take the police in, in the morning. This is why this place is so haunted. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine being in that place at night. I, I, you know, or during the day, maybe for me, because I'm a big pussy anyway. 
Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. So that guy, that clip that I played, um, there's a guy on. He's been around for a while. He's really cool. His name is uh, Paranormal Paranormal Jonathan is his name, but you can look him up on YouTube. Um, he's been. He's kind of cool. I don't know if he's self employed or he's got inheritance like he travels around the world and he does these these trips and i don't know some of the videos i've watched with him he really puts his heart into it and and yeah it's kind of cool you know you got these people that kind of make fun of this and they joke around and they do these dumb he's i don't know it just doesn't seem like he's one of them so if any any of the listeners want to check him out uh, that's paranormal jonathan uh you can just type that into youtube but did i catch that he stumbled upon a body Okay, that's what I thought I was hearing. I just yeah. wasn't sure if I was hearing that correctly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that could you, and that's a whole thing. I mean, Jesus, could you imagine just hiking along and the bunny trail and then all of a sudden, bam, you know, here's something that the, the nature police, as we covered the first part of the episode, forgot to drag yeah. out or they didn't see. Well, that's the thing. It's so apparently so dense that, I mean, it sounded like he said it was there for a long time, so it could have just been overlooked and not you know yeah no one has came across it in that long that's just shows you how dense that forest actually really is yeah yeah and like we covered in the first half uh 12 square miles but um as dense as those 12 square miles is goddamn easy to get lost so yeah you know yeah um with that being said with that clip too let's not forget about the various demons that are known to haunt the oki gehera along with the uri uh, these demons vary depending on what they are. And I think, Josh, you're going to kick us off on some of the folklore there. Yeah. So there are the Oni, which there's also a local tattoo shop named after. <laughs> um, they are monstrous horned humanoids <clears throat> who are found in countless Japanese stories and myths. Uh, they tend to be the enemies of mankind and are generally depicted as roguish villains. They are born... Uh, they are born when truly wicked humans die and end up in one of the many Buddhist hells transformed into Oni. They become the ogres and brutish, brutal servants of the great lord Enma, ruler of hell, wielding iron clubs which they crush and destroy humans solely for enjoyment. Um, and Oni's job is to hand out horrible pu- punishment, uh, such as peeling off skin, crushing bones, and other torments, too horrible to describe to those who were wicked but not quite wicked enough to be reborn as demons themselves. Jesus. Hell is full of Oni, and they make up the armies of the great generals of the underworld. Occasionally, when a human is so utterly wicked that his soul is beyond redemption, he transforms into an Oni during life and remains on Earth to terrorize the living. These transformed Oni are ones most legends tell about, the ones who's po- who pose the most danger to humankind. Crazy thing about the Oni, uh, people that leave tape to mark their way, as we mentioned earlier, follow it back out to, to find that it has been cut or slashed. Um, it's believed the Oni are the ones doing this. That's my luck. That would be my fucking luck. I'd have that shit just gone. Somebody would like eat it behind me and it wouldn't even fucking be there. Oh, man, how bummed would you be if you just <laughs> didn't know where you were in that place and your tape has been yeah. shredded? And you're like, Oni! I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Nah! <laughs> um, but there's also the Tengu. And Tengu are a type of legendary creature found in Japanese folk religion. They're considered a type of yokai, which are supernatural beings, or Shinto kami, which are considered gods. Although they take their name from a dog-like Chinese demon called Tiangu, 
the Tengu were originally thought to take the forms of birds of prey, and they are traditionally depicted with both human and avian characteristics. The earliest Tengu were pictured with beaks, but this has gradually changed to look like an unnaturally long nose, which today is widely considered the Tengu's defining characteristic. Hmm. Uh, they are also thought to have been influenced by the Garuda, which we covered in our Flying Cryptids episode, actually, with uh, Tobias Whalen. Yeah. Buddhism long held that the Tengu were disruptive demons and harbingers of war. Their image gradually softened, however, into one of protective, if still dangerous, spirits of the mountainous forests, or mountains and forests, excuse me. Yeah, the Garuda, and correct me, was it was that from like India folklore? Was that right? I, I can't remember exactly because I know we covered it with Tobias. You know, he talked a little bit about it, and um, I've got a book I've been wanting to pick up and read. I just haven't got a chance to yet. I think that's in there. So I just uh, yeah, uh, it's Godzilla movies when I hear that. <laughs> go go Godzilla. Um, the Garuda is it's like a legendary bird or bird-like creature in Hindu, Buddhist, and Jain mm. mythology. Um, wow, he's v- variously the vehicle mount of the Hindu god Vishnu, uh, Dharma protector, and Astasina in Buddhism, and the Yakasha of the Jain Tirthankara Shantinatha parents. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. There's a lot of the cockas in there. Them. Yeah, but um, yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's just a legendary bird or bird-like creature in Hindu. Mm. Um, and if I remember right, um, if you guys ever watched Death Note, either the anime or the movie, um, the Netflix movie, the the spirit that the uh, kid gets the notebook that he can write people's names in and they'll die is a Shinto Kami. It's like the Shinto Kami of death. Oh, mm. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. That's a fun fact for you. You know, and kind of a side note too, it always amazes me when you look at like different cultures and especially when you're dealing with like myths that are this old or this ancient, how sometimes they're so similar with one another. It, you know, and, and you wonder, you know, did they really have, they didn't really have any contact, you know, with continents across from, but Bigfoot is a prime example. You know, we've got Bigfoot, we've got the Yeti, we've got the... You know, there's different. Um, I sent something out on Twitter too that literally there's like 14 different Bigfoot Mister legends of different names, not only yeah. through the country but just through the world. Uh, it, it's just kind of I don't know. I just I was always fascinated by that how things are shared and they're similar. So if they're similar, is it just because that's human beings in the creative mind, or did we actually encounter things like this and put whatever account we put on it? Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it kind of goes, that's the same with religion as well. Like Jesus isn't the only one born of a virgin that died and then was resurrected later. Right. That's not even the first. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like Buddha and uh, Allah. There's, I think there's like quite a few. I'm not a theologian, but. Um, Yeah. I, I think with how stupid and limited European culture was during the medieval period and because European culture gave birth to Western culture that dominates the world today. I think that we don't give ancient people enough credit for moving around as much as they did. Mm. Um, I mean, like Buddhism started in India and eventually ended up in China, Japan, like all through like the far East. So like people were moving around and talking to each other for sure. You know, like 
not to say that that doesn't also mean that what they were talking about wasn't shit they were actually seeing, but, but I do think that like, when you talk about the same things, cross-cultural contamination, when people were allegedly not in contact with each other, I think we don't give each other, we don't give ancient people enough credit for being able to like get around. Well, I think we're finding that too, even now, you know, they're still saying, oh, wait, we were wrong. We were off by like 5,000 years, 10,000 years on um, Western expansion and what that looked like back ago or who was found where. I mean, they're still finding out that our, our carbon dates aren't right, you know, and the Buddha is a good example, dude, because honestly, I mean, Siddhartha Gautama, he was the original one and it did stem from India. So how, mm -hmm. you know, now you look at a lot of the Asian countries are prevalent Buddhism where, you know, yeah, there is still a reflect in India, but man, the Asian territories really kicked it off. I mean, they really stuck with it. You know, it, it's just, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's a funny, funny way to look at it. So, but when it comes to spirits and weird shit, I just always wonder how, you know, they kind of, you know, and if they didn't, okay, if they didn't have that, like you said, they did, and they might have, and maybe that's why, you know, you got that cross-contamination going on, you know, it's very legitimate. So... Um, with that being said, let's continue with the other things. So other notables to mention about the Aoki Gehera are some small one-offs that uh, some are proven and some are not. But nonetheless, they follow the strange story of the suicide force. Just like everything else in life, there actually is a season for suicides, it seems, which is as crazy as it sounds. I, it is what it is. Um, it's been recorded that suicides in the Aoki Gehera peak around March and drop off in April. This more than likely is because uh, that's when Japan's fiscal year ends, which makes sense. We talk about that, like death from work in the first mm -hmm. half of the half the thing. Um, so as we covered in the first half, economic, social pressures, yeah. I mean, that might be a leading cause for it. Very, very easy. Um, um, Emma also said that suicide is the most common in spring when we talk to her. Yeah, So right. I think it's just necessarily there. I think it's just more common in spring. Maybe that's just human beings in general. I, you know, I don't know. You would think that people would be a little bit more jovial in spring, but yeah, that's why it stuck with me when she said that. Cause I, that was not what I was expecting at all. Yeah. Cause I'm usually the happiest once it starts warming up and everything, but I mean, people get in those really bad seasonal depressions as well during the winter and not seeing the sun a lot. So maybe they just, by the time spring hits, it's, they still can't get out of it. So I don't know, just the theory. Maybe. Maybe it's like that M. Night Shyamalan movie where uh, the happening where um, the trees are releasing spores that are making people kill themselves because <laughs> of climate change, basically. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not gonna... like, nope. That's funny. I, maybe it could be. I mean, shit, you know, my wife's got really bad allergies and she wants to just, you no know, leave it be. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's very interesting. So um, we mentioned earlier some other things, too, of the suicide forest in society, which really it stuck uh, to certain points, uh, such as books and movies. Um, and also uh, the forest worldwide uh, notoriety has even given rise to mentions in countless popular films, including 47 Ronin and Gus Van Sant's 2015 Sea of Trees featuring Matthew McConaughey, which I, I must have flown around my radar. I don't think I've seen that one. I love Matthew. I didn't even know heard about it. Hmm. Japan since the 70s has also put this into place. Annual searches are held to look for new bodies. Made up of local law enforcement, forest workers, and volunteers, the searches uh, are generally conducted before the holidays. And sad rumor, which I hope isn't true, is a possible numerous abandonments. However, there's little evidence that, uh, and this is Ubisuta, Ubisut, 
The practice of leaving an older or unwell person to die um, somewhere remote has ever has actually been a common place in Japan where a lot of the elderly, like they invite them back into the home and they take it because they feel they owe that to them. But there's been cases where they just kind of leave them out to do their thing, I guess. Um, but there have been reports of bodies uh, being found that were very, very old when they died in the forest and would make it almost impossible because of their age to make the trip alone. And I don't remember seeing any, like hearing any wheelchairs or walkers or anything laying next to a body. So, yeah, that's so. good. That's, that is horrible. Oh. Hopefully, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that's just, uh, maybe it's happened a couple times, you know, throughout history, but hopefully that's not very common, which I don't well, think it is. Maybe the older relatives are like, yo, I'm ready to, go permanently forest bathing will you help me out yeah i mean <laughs> i feel bathing. like but going back to their culture of respect you know they're gonna want to take care of their elders and yeah unless their elders are like shitty i'm done get me <laughs> yeah. the fuck out of here yeah you know? yeah yeah me something pretty I don't which know. yeah which that is a weird way to go but I, this is a little off top well i don't know but i'm definitely for an older person wanting to be done with life and oh. taking part in assisted suicide. You know what I mean? Absolutely. As long as they're coherent, absolutely. You know, and if they like, decide. And you're over 75 or something. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a lawmaker, but I just think, you know, once you reach the end of it, you're old, you're just exhausted, you're done. I don't see the problem in that, but I definitely do see a problem with leaving uh helpless elderly person out there yeah, against, against his will that is murder yeah <laughs> grandma you've been a screaming fucking huge bitch for like the last two years we're going on a sunday drive where are we going can't tell you but it'll take, be fun when you get there <laughs> take a little hike gam gam yeah hey remember yeah. when you used to talk about your hiking trips eating bark and you know dandelion flowers well you know bring that knowledge yeah. back up again yeah. It's interesting too, though, because like forest bathing and like that kind of stuff comes from Japanese culture and like a lot of the research that has been done to uh, prove that like your body functions better when you're out in nature. And like if you go sit by like running water for a while, like a river or a lake or the ocean, it lowers your blood pressure. Like being in just out in nature lowers your blood pressure, makes like improves drastically the human physical condition a lot of that research has come from japan so yeah i think that's like an interesting side note that that with all of that a significant amount of people decide that if they're going to commit suicide they're going to do it by wandering off into like a super huge super dense forest i like i said the culture is just weird because you know you have like it they don't have a balance as much as they preach balance you know there's no yin and yang Either, you know, you got this overworked society thing going on or you have the other side like you were talking about. And yeah, you're absolutely right because I witnessed it where you people, they've really tried to contact and be part of nature and Zen and how that looks like. But it's like they're missing the middle point. You know, they're, they're I don't know. It, it's very, very interesting. You know, and there's something with running water and lakes and all that. It seems like uh, culturally they try to overcorrect a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, agreed. But I can see that. So anyway, um, let's wrap up real quick and then we can kind of roundhouse. Uh, so no matter what viewpoint you take on this infamous suicide forest, it's evident that it has gained a mythos of its own. The Japanese government, as of recent, 
is trying to make steps to address the suicide problem in their country. Even without discussing the force, the suicide rate in this country is fucking crazy. The government has put into place national ads for help and support of people who need it, and larger Japanese companies have classes and counseling offered to their employees. Most companies have also curbed their work footprint uh, to allow more personal time for their employees as well. With all that being said, there is still a large number of foreigners that not only visit the forest but travel there to commit suicide themselves. It's so odd to see something as beautiful as Mount Fuji, as epic as it is, and then realize what lies at the foot of the mountain. And who knows, maybe the stories in the myths of the Yuri, the Oni, the Tango are very real, and that is fueling the energy that draws such negative atmosphere and death to the forest. No one knows. So, yeah. What are we thinking? It's a heavy That's, subject. It is a heavy subject, and it's interesting. It's It makes me wonder, are there any other forests in the world similar to this like Absolutely. is there like a you know a suicide forest in brazil or something like there's uh there's actually one in romania that i've been studying and and it was weird <laughs> here's i'm gonna get personal for a bit um last year wife and i went through a little bit of a bout and so we were gonna, gonna go our own ways and i had some money saved and i thought you know what i'm gonna do things that i've always wanted to do i'm Polish, in case, you know, those of you who are watching this video can't already guess. Um, so I've always wanted to go to that area and, and Europe in general. Um, Romania has a forest, and I can't remember the name of it, but it has a forest that literally it is not as much suicide as it is. It it leans more on the other side of people don't come out, period. They go in, they don't come out. There's no roads that go through that forest. All the roads and freeways go around that forest. The trees are tangled. They don't grow with gravity. Like it's just a weird, uh, dead fucking space that is just there. So is that the one that has like the clearing in the middle where nothing will grow and like people disappear in it all the time? That's the one. Yeah, that's a big round circle that sits in the center. Yeah, and there's other ones too across the world. I mean, there's in Oregon there was a a, a little patch of forest that. Uh, well, look, we talked to um, what's his name, Oregon Bob that mentioned the things that he was seeing in the wilderness and in Eastern Oregon that nobody can explain. There's been other reports that things are just kind of spooking around, you know, look at Kentucky, look at the Newkirks and Hellier and the things that go look at the Appalachians. And, mm. and, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just, I think forests in general, just because it's, it's, you know, of, of what they are and how I think they get a stigma anyway, but there's been reports around the world of just different places that just don't, Energy's not right. The vortex isn't right. You know, and a lot of those forests intersect with ley lines. In fact, the suicide forest, there's a ley line that goes right down the center of it, if you believe in ley lines and frequencies and energy lines of the earth. Um, yeah, so there's that. Hmm. Um, yeah. I was just going to say the black forest also in Germany has like spooky reputations. Yeah. But it's also, I think, where... Uh, the brothers set most of their fairy tales. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. But I mean, I was just thinking because you know we live in a very outdoorsy area, and I've never really heard anything about our any of our forests or any of our mountains. You know, I'm sure it's happened, but I've just never really heard much. The Uintas have a pretty spooky reputation. Yeah, I guess they do. And I mean, the Uinta Basin, so. 
skinwalker and everything. I was just thinking more along the lines of suicide. I wasn't really thinking. Oh, or, just weird I, shit. I, yeah, I wasn't just thinking of just weird stuff because, I mean, I know weird shit happens everywhere, but just mainly focusing on the suicide aspect of everything. Well, and I and I think too with Japan, it's because of that culture, and that culture ties so much, and and regrettably so. It just, you know, when you get something that starts to become a thing, it's kind of hard to slow the train down. You know what I mean? So you got people that decide, hey, it's a two-hour train ride. Other people are doing it. There's a book about it. I can't want to live anymore because I'm overworked and I never see my. I mean, there's all these different factors that play into that specific culture. You know, that sadly enough, suicide is a huge part of it. But, you know, the weirdness is is a huge part of it, too. You know, the legends and the myths. So. Yeah. Just super interesting. Um, I would shit my pants if I was hiking and I saw an Oni jump out of the bushes. Yeah. He yes. could smell me wherever I went because there's no way. I would. Yeah. I could climb up a tree. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I wouldn't be hit very well. That's for sure. Yeah. I would. I would immediately die, actually. I'd be like, all right, well. You got me. <laughs> uh, that's it for me. That is it for me. Sayonara. You you won yeah. this one. So anyway. But um very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of a neat topic. So hopefully uh again, you know, we usually don't get this dark, but and some of this is, you know, the other half is you know, spirits and legends and stuff like that. But um it's worth talking about because it is an issue and it is a problem and it shouldn't be occurring. Suicide in general shouldn't be occurring. Um, uh, but then you add, of course, a mythos into it. It's something totally different. Um, stand by for other things. Uh, like I said, I think John's going to be writing up some really cool. And John, I'm not going to really give you a, a. Uh, I'm not going to, I guess, let the cat out of the bag if you don't want us to. But it's pretty fucking cool what you got on your side. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind. Um, so I read a book called The uh, Black Flag by David Cordingly. And it's just the real history of the pirates um, from like basically 1400 on. Um, and it's really interesting. It's not paranormal at all. Um, it's more historical fact and kind of separating the fact from the fiction and the romance from the reality. Um, but I was just super fascinated with it. So I thought I'd do an episode on it. So that's what's coming up. Sounds fun to me. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's cool. And we're all still reading books. We got some bonus content that we're putting together. Um, I just finished a book on numerology and I went over what a couple weeks ago and went over your place, John, and, and kind of tried it out on you and Tori. And I, I'm kind of fascinated with it, you know? It's yeah. We were uh, getting drunk around the fire and you busted <laughs> out the numerology book and you were doing all that stuff. And I, it definitely blew me away. I was <laughs> really shocked actually because you described Tori and I to a T with what yeah. you just asked our names and I guess we can get into it when we get into it. Yeah, but, uh, different formulas, but yeah, it's it I don't know, it set me aback. You know, if nothing else, it's fun. You know. Yeah, I think it I don't know. I'm not into astrology really. Like I don't I don't read the horoscopes and all that crap. No. So um, but this seemed a little different. This seemed a little more interesting. Something about numbers and the universe and just things in line with one another. Some people fight this the fact that you universe the simulation, my friend. Oh well. Touche. 
Could be. Simulation. Very much so. Some about numbers and organizations. Some people say the universe is chaos. I disagree. I don't believe there's chaos there. I think there's something there that's organized, very organized, and I think numbers have something to do with it. So, um, But with that being said, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, if you have topics or something you want to reach out and write something you just, you're itching about, uh, we had a couple of patrons that mentioned some things. Um, I think the Philadelphia or the Phoenix lights are one that we're kind of on the side researching. Um, by all means, give your ideas. If you're a Patreon member, if you're not, you can become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash strange uncles. If you're not a Patreon member and you just want to give us some, uh, a story or a tale or an idea or your thoughts or tell us to kiss our own ass, that's fine too. Strangeuncles at gmail.com, or you can call our hotline at 801-252-69. Yeah. 45. And you can call a hotline on any stories too. <laughs> and we'll go from there. Um, what do you guys got on your side for plugs? Uh Facebook is and Facebook and Instagram are Strange Uncles Podcast. Uh at Strange Uncles Podcast. Twitter is at Strange Uncles. Um, we sometimes pay attention to the DMs. You want to slide in them? Slide in them. We'll we'll see you. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll get to you. We'll, yeah, we'll try to get so, better. Hit us up with questions, comments, complaints. Um, also, go to where you get your podcasts and rate and review the show. Um, it gives more uh, notice to the show, so it helps us out. Yeah. So yeah. Fantastic. Um, everybody, thank you for the topic. It's been fun. Thank you for you guys' input. We'll keep on rolling, and hopefully by the time this episode releases, we'll be in a better situation as a people, and uh, we'll go from there. So, I check on your yeah. friends. Yeah, I, I doubt we'll be in a better position when this comes out, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. Right, glass, <laughs> yeah. glass is half full, my friend. Yeah, sure. Struggling right now, you know? Yeah. No. Anyway. All right. Close gates. been listening to a fourth hand production